0: And welcome back to Football Ala Turka. This is our second episode. Thank you all for downloading our pilot episode and listening, of course. Uh, very much appreciated. Um, I'm back here, it I'm joined once again by Burak Sizgin and Uzer Dinger. Uzer, let me start with you. How was that popcorn of yours?
1: Ah, oh, it was delightful. It was both salty and sweet, and had all the ingredients to make a perfect snack. Not unlike. The extraordinary game of football that we just watched. I mean, guys, <laughs> I'm still out of breath. I th- had to throw my popcorn in the air after the 45 minutes. It was just extraordinary.
0: And, and you, uh, Burak, any nails left?
1: Uh, no, I have um, ordered some brand
2: new ones <laughs> off Amazon that will <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Um, and, of course, they are subtle, I do add to colour.
0: Okay, Um, but before we get to that uh, juicy stuff, let's uh, start with the beginning. Let's start chronologically as we always do uh, in our second episode here. Uh, Let's start with the Europa League. So, in the Europa League, uh, we had two games this uh, past Thursday. Both Fenerbahce and Galtrai were in action. The first match was at 1855 Central European time. Zenit took on Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce, of course, go heading into this match with a one-goal lead. But Zenit ended up winning this one 3-1, which edges Fenerbahce out on aggregates 3-2. The only goal from Fenerbahce came through Mehmet Topal. It was a really classy strike from him that was at the time to tie things up 1-1. But... Uh, Zenit went up and over uh, Fenerbahce in the second half. Sardar Azmund, the Iranian uh, striker, was man of the match, I would say, with an assist and two goals. Um, Burak, how did you experience this game?
2: So this was from the, the comfort of my sofa. And basically, you know, one nil down after four minutes, I thought, here we go. That soon became two. Uh, and then, um, all of a sudden, Mehmet Topal decided to turn into Lionel Messi, um, scored the best goal of his career, I think, curling left foot into the top right-hand corner of the goalkeeper's goal. And, and I thought, OK, you know, that's not too bad. And then coming out into, into the second half, um, we brought Tolgay on. I thought he brought some calmness to our play in the middle of the pitch. He was getting his foot on the ball and trapping it. The ball was just bouncing off our players a lot in the first half. Um, I think it was Alpad Potuk that came off. Um, he's someone that's, you know, failed to deliver on so many occasions and he was quite woeful in the first half. So, Tolgay was having a good game. We had a good spell of possession football for about five, six minutes and I thought, no, we're getting our foot, a stamp on this. That was soon wasted by an Elif shot that ballooned over the bar. Um so the Zenit goals, you know, defensive errors by ourselves, you know, the first goal, it was just a, a nothing cross that Hassan Ali got I think it went past, Sadak failed to clear it, not that great. Second goal, you've got Sardar, the Iranian, um out jumped Hassan Ali um to get that header in. And if we talk about the third goal, um Topol had a really good game, you know, good defensive midfield play, but then he just got Outran, out-muscled by uh, Sardar, who managed to poke the ball past. Um, I think it was um, Harun playing in goal that day. You know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but just really? that was just typical. It was just uh, poor defensive play by Mehmet Topal, unfortunately. So the luck of the goal ran out. Mm-hmm. And, um, it got poked past us, and we just didn't manage to create many chances as well. Um like I can say, for some reason the ball just keeps was bouncing off our players. No one could just put their foot on the ball and trap it, or it would just bounce off their shin or something. Um, nothing to do with the ground, you know. Perfectly good um, ground to play football on, but disappointing to to go out. You know, I was I was feeling quite positive going into the game, and then the first half performance made me think, mm-hmm, I don't think we have a chance. When something special happens. That special something happened when they looked up but we were unable to uh, capitalise, unfortunately, and um, out we go.
0: What about you, Azar? How did you experience this match?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said um, in last week's show, I, I, I did think that despite Finesse's excellent performance in the first leg, 1-0 was a scoreline that was always very precarious, and I, I wasn't sure if it would be enough to take them through. Um, having said that, they did start the game relatively well, even though there were there were a couple of goals down. I mean, the football they were playing were actually, was actually quite impressive at times towards the end of the second half. And they really deserved um, the goal that they got in the end. But Topal, who had been playing so well and um, had the icing on the cake with his goal, just had a moment of madness, really, along, alongside the two defenders who were either side of him. And it was really a defending comedy of errors that led to the to Asimov's se- second goal. And it was a shame, really, because all the hard work the team had put together over the one and a half legs until that point was just sort of thrown away. And um, it had it had Fener been able to capitalise on their chances in the first leg, maybe a two or even a three-nil cushion, which they were capable of in the first leg, it could have been so different. But Zenit at home, like we said in the last show, were very strong at home in Europe, having won every match. And it was always going to be a tough ask to go into that with a one-nil lead and, and to try and qualify.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I completely agree with you, and I think we we all kind of said it last week. Fenerbahce really missed an opportunity to get a decent goal margin. Uh, last week they should have made it at least two. Um, but again, to in this game, Zenit made kind of a sluggish impression on me. Uh, the the two goals they score, well, all three maybe were were far too easy. Fenerbahce were in terms of possession. Uh, the dominant side. They they I think. Im- terms of just playing on the ball, <laughs> they were better, but the, the, the goals they conceded were just far too, too easy. Uh, I think definitely Zenit's nowhere near 100% here. Uh, and another missed opportunity perhaps for Fenerbahce, but as Brock said, not a lot of chances to go with that uh, with that possession. But um, I do have to point out that I think Tolgay really uh, added something to the team. You saw when he came on that Uh, They they started dominating midfield more, as they had previously done. Uh, And a slight correction for myself, of course. um, Mehmet Topal's goal wasn't uh, the equalizer. It tied up the leg, but in favor uh, for Fenerbahce at the time, based on away goals. So, uh, let's move on to uh, the late game. Let's move on to uh, Galatasaray's match at 8 o'clock Central European time. uh, 9 o'clock, pardon me. They played Benfica and they played to a nil-nil draw. Unfortunately, again, not enough to go through. Of course, Galtzray had lost the first leg two to one. Very unfortunate disallowed goal from Emmer Akbaba in the 85th minute. Let's talk about that because I, I think that was a, a definite blunder by the officials there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and, I, and I'll, just before we get to, the, to the, that moment towards the end of the game, I, I think Jim Bomb really had a huge mountain to climb to qualify. Taking a look at what happened in the first leg, even though we didn't play that bad, the two-one scoreline at home was just too much of, I think, a mental hurdle to climb over. Uh, and sure enough, the team just just weren't really able to rise to the occasion on the night. Uh, we we had generally a perform- poor performance all round, especially from Jagne up front, who was well useless to be to be quite blunt, uh, and Belhanda too, who who'd been elevated to a kind of godlike status against Kazan Pasha. <laughs> Uh, he spent 90 minutes in a day, but but I don't want to stress on that too much, because I think actually the biggest disappointment for me on the night was Fatih Terim. His failure, or shall we say, reluctance to intervene in the game by bringing on any attacking options was was hugely frustrating for for all the the fans watching. I think even the uh, commentators on on uh, on BT Sport, where I was watching it, they were quite bewildered. You know, they were saying, why why are Galatasaray not attacking? Why are they not bringing these attacking substitutions on? They need two goals without reply. There's, there was still 60 minutes or so when I think I tweeted, bring on Yunus, bring on Emre, bring these guys on. But Terim waited until the 82nd minute, I think, to make those changes. Yep. And I think by then, the, the tie was already gone mentally. Um, but to, to, go, to your point, Emre Akbaba's goal, you know, he came on, he made the impact, he scored a few minutes later, which kind of proved that, that he was... He should have been brought on sooner. But uh, anyway, it was definitely an incorrect decision from the ref. And if only they had uh, VAR in the Europa League, I'm sure that would have been uh, overturned.
0: I think it's... uh it's 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 baffling that they don't have far in the Europa League. They're using it, of course, now in the Champions League knockout stages. So exactly. why not in the Europa League? I think it's just another sign from UEFA that that the uh, Europa League is just something nice to play with for the kids that get exactly. left out of the Champions League. And I think it's unfortunately. So. I'm a huge fan of the Europa League. Uh, I I think that's European football as purest. Uh, obviously, everyone wants to play Champions League for the money, but when we're talking about what is European football, I think the Europa League comes much closer to what it epitomizes than the Champions League, so I, I really find it a shame that the, the UEFA kind of treat it as their ugly little stepchild, um, but maybe, I'm just trying to get into Fatih Turnham's head here, maybe his idea was, look, if we score, it's going to be very difficult for us to hold out, because Benfica are are a great home side, they have a great home reputation, Maybe he deliberately left it late, hoping that they could get that late goal and then go then just in in that momentum go up and over and I feel like I'm saying it all the time, but that's an expression yeah. I think that's very adequate here with that momentum in their in their their way, maybe go up and over, and then it's much easier not to get a reply because I mean if you score one nil after thirty minutes the, the chances of Benfica getting a goal back are very big. Whereas if you score in the 80th minute or in the 77th minute or something like that, then you got that mental advantage. Uh, something that's going to be a recurring subject in this podcast. But, and then maybe <laughs> you can get that second one. And, 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 and it's much more difficult, I think, for a team to respond if you go down late in this type of a match than it is if you go down early on. What do you think, uh, Burak, about uh, the match and uh, what you've heard so far?
2: Well, I watched it straight after the Fenerbahce game, so I was already in a disappointed mood. And I thought Benfica started well, uh, quick, intricate, fast passing. Um, I think they had a couple of chances, put wide of the post. Galatasaray didn't really seem to be creating anything. I was really disappointed with Belhamda's dead ball delivery, whether it was from free kicks or corners, I just don't think he had, he got anything right. But then he had Diagne, um, Diagne, however you pronounce it, would just looked robotic, um, not offering much movement. But you know that could be because he wasn't getting the good service that he was used to was used to, custom Pasha from Trezeguet. But um, it's just a shame. I mean, like like Ozzy and Khan, like you said yourselves, I was just thinking, just get some subs on. You know, why wait till the 82nd minute around in 60, 70, 80, nothing happened. And I looked on the bench, it's like, you've got Emre Akbaba, who's was in amazing form before he unfortunately got injured. He can change a game. You've got Yumis Artgun, who's full of pace and running and that youthful fearlessness. That could, of course, cause some problems. But mm-hmm. it was a case of perfectly good goal disallowed unfortunately um came out and um, blaming the referees afterwards and I thought well you know you can't really can't really say that you should have made uh, substitutions a little bit earlier but maybe he did gamble like you said and he thought let's try and get a late go- goal and then go completely balls out attack um all out attacking to see if we can grab the second one but if that was his game plan, obviously it's backfired, and unfortunately, we've got no more Turkish teams left in Europe. And I like to echo what you said about the Europa League being European football at its finest, where you can go to these obscure yeah. uh, grounds and stadiums, like somewhere like somewhere random in Switzerland or like Poland, you know, Iceland,
0: Norway, you know, really Belarus. like Europe, yeah. <laughs> Belarus, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but that's that's the unfortunate conclusion I think, and, and it's been a very disappointing European campaign for all Turkish clubs. Besiktas, Fenerbahce Galatasaray, having a very average European campaign. Besiktas here, wetting the bed again, uh, <laughs> and of course Akisar. That was always going to be tough. I mean, you know, yeah. getting drawn in pot four, in- instantly going into the the, the, the group stages, It's always tough for a team like that. We saw it a couple of years ago with uh, with Cognac Sport 2. That first season in Europe is just so difficult. Um, I can't really blame them, but a team like here for me, they need to do more. They need to carry their weight more in the coefficients. Um, yeah. That's the biggest issue, I think, in the last three seasons, they've or, or four seasons even, I believe. Uh, they did decent... Like, average one season they had that uh, half-decent Europa League campaign, I think it was last season, where they mm. did really well in the Champions League qualifiers, went out against Sevilla, but then went down to the Europa League group stages, and it, it, apparently the Europa League group stages are be- beneath them because they just played their B-team the entire time. Um so I, I think for that's another one of those things with Basak here. It's very difficult for them to win any sympathy, I think, from new fans if if you do that kind of stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the past couple of years we had we had Besiktas keeping the train going, uh, but now this season really not, not a single one of the the Turkish clubs delivering uh, beyond expectations, and, and then we have our worst uh, coefficient year in, in seven years, guys. That yeah, is. I mean that—that
1: that really is uh, pathetic, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. With with all the, relatively speaking, the money that's coming into Turkish football, the players who are being signed, the, the new stadia, you know, this that it just it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense why we're why we're regressing, why all of our clubs are regressing in football. I know that there are certain financial constraints and everything, but we don't. I mean, looking at the, the football that we play, we're not actually that terrible. I mean, Galatasaray and Benfica, there wasn't a huge gulf between them. There wasn't a huge gulf between Zenit and Fener. But we just don't have that finishing edge, that clinical edge that the other teams seem to have.
0: Yeah, but um, I think that might just be a little bit of a, a, a wrong, misguided image we get. Because I think, for example, Benfica here... Never really in any problems. They didn't really have to play their best football at any point. Same thing really for Zenit. Uh, they, they. I mean, like I said last time, they, they just had a month break or or two months break. They're basically still in preseason mode. Um, I think our, our, our the performance of our Turkish clubs in, in, in Europe this season has been abysmal. To be fair, I mean, Fenerbahce was okay in the group stages. Besiktas were were poor. Uh, Galatasaray. Same thing, really. They 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 really struggled the last uh, couple of seasons. I I think I saw a statistic. They have like two wins in in, in twenty six or twenty seven matches, I believe, in Europe. Yeah,
1: and then but but on a positive note, um, if, if you could call it a positive note from the the game against Benfica, mm-hmm. it was the first clean sheet away from home in Europe in. <laughs> 24 games. How
0: about that? <laughs> That's positive for sure. And on that note, <laughs> let's transition into uh, the Super League match day 23 results. <music> on Friday, let's start with uh, Gusteppe and uh, Trabzonspor. This match was played at 9 local time. Gusteppe Lost this one at home. 1-3 to to Trabzonspor. Goals here coming. Denis Kada equalized from the penalty spot in the 71st minute. After Hugo Rodega had scored in the 27th. Then Abdul-Kadir Parmak. Not Abdul-Kadir Parmak. Kadir Omur, <laughs> another Abdul-Kadir, scored with an emphatic finish. It uh, was a really a great goal. 1-2 after 73 minutes, so just two minutes after Gustav had equalized, guys. And then in extra time, Kadu scored an unfortunate own goal. Again, that was Abdul-Kadir who uh, crossed in the ball. I'm not sure if that was uh, Abdul-Kadir Parmak or if that was... Uh, Amur, I don't know if Amur. It was
1: it was in fact Parmak as okay. well. Yeah, he was involved in the, in that goal as well.
0: So that's uh, the fifth loss in six matches for Gustepe. They they did get a win a couple of weeks ago against Alanyaspor, If you guys remember that tremendous overhead kick from uh, Nabil Gilas, and then of course uh, there were two penalty shouts in the first half on, on Cameron Jerome. I'm sure Brock will uh, wave those off. <laughs> <laughs> Complete, yeah, yeah. and then uh, and there <laughs> was
2: a the camera. Get in the bin.
0: <laughs> and there was also a disallowed goal from from Trabs and Spore here. But um, what do you guys think of this match? Uh, let me start with you, Ozar. Uh, I'm I'm
1: very concerned about Gustava. Uh, I know they've just reappointed Tamer Tuna as, as their coach, which is interesting given that he parted ways with the club just just under a year ago. Um, I I really want them to do well and to stay in the league because they add so much color and passion and flavor to the Super League. Um, they have the highest attendance ratio of all the clubs in the league. They're building a new stadium, so the future is bright for Gustape And it would be a huge, huge setback if they were to be relegated. Um, but unfortunately, they're just not being, not getting the results that they they're looking for in the last couple of months. So hopefully, Tamatuna can can turn things around.
0: What about Uburuk? What's uh, what's your opinion on the match? I thought uh, Abdul
2: Kadir changed it. Um, com- completely just you know the goal and the assist the Gostepa are in a worrying run of form and they only won one of their last six and they've lost the other five so it's good for us good for Fenerbahce because we go moving above them in a the table um, but like you say you know uh, like we mentioned last week uh, good club um, heritage mm-hmm. uh, good fan support new stadia would be a shame if they went down but I just think their their run of bad form caught up with them, um, and Trabzon just proved a little bit too much with Yeager. I think he's on what nine or ten goals now, and um, with 12
0: already, call, I think 12, wow. um, He's yeah.
1: catching up with Jagne then,
0: <laughs> <laughs> slowly but surely. Yeah. Slowly
1: but surely, I, I think Abdul Kadir Parmak uh, is is one to watch as well for the remainder of the season. He's got uh, six in fourteen, I believe, in in across the league and the cup. And he's just going from strength to strength.
0: Yeah, I mean, this—that's the thing with traveling sport. There, they really do have. Uh, they've been bringing up those young players that the, that the big clubs really haven't been doing. Um, we've, of course, we see some some kids with uh, with right on the bench and such, but not really getting those chances, and, and Trabzonspor have been successfully implementing those new kids every year, uh, Yusuf Yazidji a couple of years ago, of course, I'd look at their over last season, now this guy, and of course, the goalkeeper, Orjan, so that's really something that uh, that should be commended uh, for when it comes to Trabzonspor, uh, unfortunately, they can't really translate that in consistent performances, because... I mean, this was a good, solid win for them. But then, of course, it comes off the back of a 2-0 of a home defeat against Alanya Spor. So, that's kind of the story with Trabzonspor. It's, it's up and down a lot. Um, there's definitely a lot of potential in that team. There's a lot of talent. But to find that right mix uh, it continues to be a struggle for them. And, and they really haven't been in it in the title race since, uh, I believe, 2011. Um, when they finished uh, third in that... Uh, was it two thousand twelve? Sorry, uh, when they finished third in the the super final season, and then of course the the, the year before, uh, where we're not going to delve too much in that. To that, um, but let's move on to the next match: Chaykarizispor against Yeni Malatyaspor. This ended three 0 Perhaps a little bit of a misleading scoreline, but Atif Sheshu gets the scoring started in the twenty seventh minute. Him again, Burak, uh, and then. Uh, Regius Nakulma and Vedat Muric get goals in second-half stoppage time. So, um, really an an even match, I I would say. Uh, Fifth win in six for Czajka They've been unbeaten in 2019, so that other... Result was a draw, obviously. They got 12 points in the first half of the season, and they're already up to 16 now in just 6 games in 2019. So that's uh, more than a doubling of their point tally. Uh, Gokhan Akan with several uh, crucial saves, uh, including one right before the already relatively early uh, 1-0 that wasn't the seventh minute I believe sorry I think I said 27th um, there was also a penalty call for Malatya Spore that was first given by the referee in the 75th minute that was when it was still 1-0 uh, but that was overturned after he consulted VAR. Uh, let's start with that one because that's probably the biggest talking point out of this match uh, Burak did you see and what did you think about the decision on this penalty
2: Well, I thought, I've seen them given and not given. Um, The foot was quite high and there was a little bit of follow through. And I think anywhere else on the pitch, um, the ref would give that as a foul. So I'm thinking, well, if it happens in the the penalty box, what's the the difference between it happening, let's say, on the halfway line rather than in the penalty box? So I thought it could have gone either way, um, but it's what the referee interprets it to be whether it was dangerous play, for example. And for me, I would have let, let the penalty stand. Um, just because I've seen penalties given for far less this season in in the league.
0: Okay. What about you, Azar? What did you think? Penalty or not? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree with that comment. I mean both players kind of went for the ball. You could argue they both had the, the foot raised raised high and it's it's another it's another Decision that went to VAR and just created more controversy. Hmm. Um, but but to your initial point about the match, I think it was a very very exciting game actually, and and the three nil scoreline is very uh, very misleading indeed. Yeah, I think Malatya could have could have actually been two three one up in the first half. Um, they really had some fantastic chances on goal, which the goalkeeper Gökhan uh, saved. And and Riza only really sprang back into action in the ninety fifth minute when they when they uh, yeah. scored the. The, the goal to make it two nil, and then I believe it was the ninety eighth minute when Nakuma scored the goal to make it three. So, so by the end, it really flattered the sc- the, 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 the scoreline, I think. But it was it was a great game, and Malatya will be shocked as to how they were able to get thrashed in such a such a huge scoreline in that match.
2: Artif also um, hit the post when they were one nil up, so he could have. Oh had yes, two.
1: That's right that's So true, that's true. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good to see Sheshu back and kind of in, in good 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 form again because he added a lot to the league Yeah, for he, sure. was a talented striker
0: uh, Gokhan Akan, a great goalkeeper of course, great young goalkeeper but just on the VAR decision there, initially I was definitely inclined to agree with you guys I think this was one of those uh, I think this was a penalty initially but then when I looked at the VAR uh, decision uh, correctly again um, because I don't know if you guys watched the full game or the summary but in the, in the extended version of the VAR Discussion and then the replays you can actually clearly see that both guys go up with high feet But then there's like where I said a follow-through But you can see that the attacking player actually goes down acts like he's hit before There's any chance of of connection there. So it was it was a correct decision in my opinion. It was a Simulation for a penalty and I think a very good interjection by VAR there, uh, but very difficult to see So uh, I definitely understand why there's controversy, but ultimately I think it was an extremely good decision uh, by the referee and by VAR. Um, And it it should be said, I mean, the ref could have easily let that stand, Um, and and there's often the discussion where referees get kind of corrected by VAR and where they basically... Their ego gets in the way and and they're like, no, no, I'm going to stick with what I initially called. But I think it takes a a big man to admit when he's wrong. And I think the referee did an excellent job there. So uh, for me, it was not a penalty.
2: There were some theatrics, I think, from the Malachia Sport player. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if that would have influenced the referee's decision.
0: I think it did. I think he acted like he got hit by the follow-through, which uh, made it a penalty in the referee's eyes. But in the replay, you could see that he actually didn't and that, that he faked the collision uh, maybe there was a little bit of follow-through but he was already acting like he got hit by a truck before that actually happened so i, I think that's why ultimately var intervened and why the referee went back on his decision let's move on to saturday results then the early match on saturday was sivaspor against antalya that one was at 1:30 local time uh, sivaspor at home but Antalya Spor getting the win here, guys. 1-2. Nazim Sangare with an amazing goal in the 36th minute from long distance. 1-0 to Antalya at that point. Dukara then doubled the scoreline from the penalty spot in the 45th minute. And Aruna Kone pulled one back in the 65th minute. It's the first win for Antalya in 2019. Kone and Mert Akam both had big opportunities to score after the... Uh, Two one uh, goal by Kone, but uh, the score line uh, reads two one two at full time. Of course, so I uh, don't know if either of you caught this match. It uh, was pretty good as well, I would say.
1: Yeah, this is this is another one where the, the score line doesn't quite justify uh, the, the gameplay from the from uh, from Sivas in this case, because like you said, they had two one hundred percent goal chances that were missed, and really probably the fair result from this match would have been a draw. But I'm very happy to see Antalya or get back to winning ways um, the sangare goal though wow that was yeah. absolute an absolute worldie if if there was a if uh, there was a competition for goal of the week that definitely would be a contender
0: for sure, but there's a couple more I think that uh, that could yeah. make lay claim to that uh, title. Uh, but including he me, some from tonight, yeah, uh, Nazim Sangare for me uh, one of the revelations when it comes to Antalyaspor. Not the most exciting team, but he's definitely one that always uh, stands out in a positive way. I think. Um What about you, Burak? Do you have anything to add about this match?
2: I think Kearney really should have uh, grabbed the equalizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some very. Chance easy chances. I'm mean, I've seen him put those away when he used to play in the premiership, so I'm um, quite surprised that he missed those. And no qualms with the, the penalty decision either. Just I think that was an open and yeah. shut case hit the guy from the from behind. And there wasn't any let's say um, arguments uh, to say why have you given this? So at least we have like a an easy penalty decision for a referee to give as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to the midday match that was Alanya Spore against Kasim Pasha. And this one ended in 3-0 for Sergen Yelchin and his guys. Papis Sise getting a brace in this match in the 7th minute and in the 53rd minute. And then uh, Joseph Sural scoring just before full time in the 89th minute. This is 19 points in 12 matches for Alanya Spor under uh, Sergen. So they already have 13 points in the second half of the season. 11 goals in 17 matches for uh, Papi Sisi, the former Newcastle United man, of course. And uh, then there's a the question of the first goal. I think that's the most controversial one. It was also a VAR check and uh, not really a VAR check, but VAR was checking in and, and communicating with the referee um, whether there was an offside or not. I think this is an interesting debate. I don't know if you guys watched this closely, uh, but what did you think about the first goal that the uh, Sport Sports scored? Uh, Burak, did you manage to catch whether you thought it was offside or not?
2: Um, I must have completely missed this. I don't know how, So I kind of like focus more on the uh, the red card and Custom Pasha's fall from grace. So, if I may be excused for this far, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how I've missed that. Yeah, so no please worries.
0: Please. It's not really a controversy, I think. And, and good that you remind me of that because I completely forgot the red card. Um, what, what did you think of the first goal, uh, Azar? Before we get into that red card.
1: Uh, yeah I'm just, so this is this is when uh, the ball kind of came in off the post and it was called bar for offside i believe right rather than a foul um, initially
0: i think the check was to see whether the ball came off the defender or if it came off the attacker and it okay. ended up coming off the defender which uh, in during according to the yes. new rule if the defender deliberately heads the ball um the 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 offside player is, is not uh, ruled offside which okay, which not for interfering me, with the yeah, yeah we,
1: that doesn't that doesn't that kind of sounds counterintuitive to me. Yeah, and um, I'm recalling the goal now because he, the player, the Alania sports striker, kind of fumbles the ball into the net and mm-hmm. hits, actually hits his head against the post, I think. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think you know, we, I think this could have been given. It couldn't have been given. It's very hard to tell, really, if the ball changes direction too much from when it comes off the defender. But but it, the the real VAR talking point in this game for me, uh, like Burak said as well, was was the red card on Ivani Popov,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is, um, you know, VAR is coming out in all of its glory in the Turkish League, I think. Every different scenario is is going straight to VAR. This was a really interesting one.
0: Red card or not for you, was there?
1: Uh I think it was a red card, actually. Yeah. You, Burak? I think it was.
2: I, I've seen worse challenges get yellows. in the
0: <laughs> Yeah, mood. but you don't have to judge it like that. Is it a red card or not, in your opinion? Um, I would
2: say no. Personally
0: okay for me it's a red uh, but for, for the first goal like I just want to pick up on that again uh, I do fully agree with you when you say it's counterintuitive uh, Uzi because uh, I remember. do you remember the goal that Bistis conceded against Antalya Spor earlier this season at Vodafone Park the, the first goal if I'm not mistaken where Adriano heads the ball to uh, in the path of Dukara Suleiman Dukara who's completely offside he's like two meters offside but it's allowed to go through because it was a deliberate header from Adriano um, and, and Dukara and ends up scoring the goal. But for me, I mean here the, the defender is heads the ball deliberately, sure, but he is doing so because he's being put under pressure by an attacker. So for me, this should be not this should be offside in my opinion, this is offside. Obviously according to the rule book now, since this change, this to me, which makes absolutely no sense because it's completely counterintuitive, this is not offside. But I can't wrap my head around it just yet. This, for me, that's offside. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, <that>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let's let's move on to the Sunday result. And um, that early match was very important with uh, the relegation battle in mind. Major implications here. Ankara Gju taking on Büyükşehir Erzurum Erzurumspor, and Ankara get a very late win, two one, against Erzurumspor. Tyler Boyd had initially pulled ankaragucu 1-0 up in the 25th minute, but uh Christian upset with a free kick in the 47th minute pulled things level, but that same Christian upset would see a second yellow card uh later in the in the second half, and then ultimately um it's uh Devel Urgil who gets the winning goal in, I believe, the fourth minute of stoppage time. Uh, he had already previously, just before he had already scored a goal, but it was uh, ruled off because of a handball. Uh, that was quite clear, I think, no real debate about that. Um, but I mean, the important part here, definitely that second yellow for for for, for u- upset. And the thing is, of course, VAR cannot uh, interfere on on yellow cards. To me, this this, I you know, so often we, you you mentioned it last week even uh, Uzi where. There's these cases in, in rise matches where there could have been a second yellow for, for for Diagne, a second yellow for, I don't know, whoever else. But, and we see this all the time where I think, especially with the big teams, uh, there's these second yellow positions where the referees kind of squeeze their eyes out for a moment even though the, the falls are clear yellow cards but then this guy he has the unfortunate uh misery of playing for his Spore and, and he doesn't get away <laughs> with it I, I thought it was a little bit harsh uh what, what do you think about it
1: yeah yeah it was quite harsh but but in the in the previous match that we just discussed um Pil-p-p-p- was shown the yellow and then the referee went to bar and then realized it was a straight red and showed him straight red mm-hmm. so So he is able to question the legitimacy of a yellow decision, but not of a second yellow. No, no, no. no.
0: He is VAR can only interject if there is a question whether the color should be changed. So if it's if it's a yellow, but it's it's a red card offense in the IFR, then they can interfere. But if it's just a yellow. And it's a second yellow? It doesn't matter. They cannot uh, They cannot interfere on, on, on a normal yellow card. They can only interfere if it's for example a clear error and it should be a red card. It should be ascending off. Then he can interfere. Also a little bit counterintuitive perhaps on, on second yellows but mm. I think it's not too bad because otherwise you're going to have too much uh, intervention. Yeah. You know for example remember the 2-2 Galzrai-Fenerbahce uh, where Galzrai-Ting complained about why was there no var check for the throw-in. Uh, there's no VAR checks for throw-in, there's no VAR checks for corners, yeah. it's only for penalties, only for red cards, uh, goal, ov- ball over the line or not over the line, stuff like that, like really crucial impact yeah. decisions.
1: Well, I, I've actually wiped that, that derby out of my mind, so I don't remember anything of that. So uh, okay.
0: <laughs> okay, well, Burak, <laughs> but, but, you, but, you but, surely but, but remember. In
1: this, this game, I, 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 the, 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 it looked like the two players were really crashing into each other at speed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so there's, I guess that makes the referee's decision a lot more difficult.
0: Yeah. What about you, Barack? What did you think of the the the, the second yellow for uh, for upset?
2: I thought it was a, a second yellow, like you say. We've seen these second yellows go
0: mm-hmm.
2: punished far too often. There probably should have been one tonight, which we'll get to. I'm sure when we talk about the game. Um, like you say, I think Jadne should have maybe had a couple of like second yellows to go into a red. But like I say, maybe there is the you play for one of the the bigger teams, you get a little bit more protection from the ref. Who kind of you know goes to those situations? Yeah. He looks away, do, and you know you're lowly as sport, You know, you know you're famous for yeah. being old and having that song by Ibrahim Arakal. So, <laughs> <laughs> what can you do?
0: But what do you think? You get what? What's your personal opinions on second yellow card? Should there be a little bit more leeway, or is it just the same thing as the first yellow card? If you if you would give it as a first yellow, you should give it as a second yellow.
1: I think in the interest of consistency, you just have to give it based on each position. If it's a yellow, if it deserves a yellow, it should be awarded a yellow, irrespective of whether it's a second or not,
2: unfortunately. I agree. I agree. And also just a shout out to Tyler Boyd for his back heel flick goal. Um, you should definitely look that Fantastic up. Fantastic goal. we um, wouldn't expect that from a Kiwi. So. No,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant goal. It was, it was Didier Drogba-esque. It really reminded me of the goal. He scored against Real Madrid in 2013. It was absolutely effortlessly classed. Hey, don't
0: forget Dembaba against uh, Trabzonspor. Or Ludovic uh, Juli yes. in the Champions League. I, I, he oh, is yes, the first one I can remember. Um, but let's move on to the midday match. Sport against Kayseri Spor. A very surprising result for me here. Konyaspor losing at home 1-0 to Kayseri Spor. Denis Turuj getting the only goal in the match in the 59th minute um and and not as you would expect from a set piece or anything like that, just to play go from open play. Uh, first loss for Konya spore in 2019. they had previously won twice and drew three times. Now they have lost once as well. This is the third win in a row for Kayseri spore and they are still unbeaten in 2019. Feisty match, uh, I think there were a couple of penalty shouts for Konya spore in the first half. Uh, a disallowed goal from Kayseri as well. Um, In the first and in the second half, both were for offside. And Skubic hitting the bar, uh, but also offside. Was this a deserved win, uh, Burak? What do you think?
2: Well, you know my thoughts on on Kajsa's sport. Um, (laughs) Sharmil got an assist. I don't like that guy. He's got a horrendous haircut as well. (laughs) And um, he's just... um, there was an incident where I thought that Ulmuk Buluk went in with his studs on a konyo sport player. That um, adds to you know what you, you mentioned about the match being a little bit feisty. Um, I think for just did, didn't come to play unfortunately this this game um, for some reason. He played so well against Ferhat last week. um kind of had a little bit of a dip in performance. I'm not sure if it was you know the physical nature that that got to him, but. Uh, I don't know, it, it's tough to say both uh, teams haven't had good chances and having seen the highlights and not watched the full game. Um, you've got to say it was um, always going to be on a knife edge. You know, 1-0 takes it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say it probably is is deserved if you if you, you took your chance. And Skubovic did it at the bar, but you said it was offside. Um, it was, it but, was
0: a very late call from from the
1: linesman. Yeah, they're instructed, the
0: they're instructed to wait long so that if the it's a goal and it turns out it wasn't offside, that VAR can still award it. Uh, now, if he immediately flags and, and 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 the referee disallows it, then you can't really go back on the decision. Mm. But if you let the the play go, uh, the goal and and the goal happens. Then, of course, if you, I mean, if you're already gonna gonna flag and you're then then players are gonna stop defending. And then they can claim, hey, we we stopped because the, the flag yeah. is up, so that's why they do that. It's also okay. with farso um, Okay, uh, so what do you think? Uh, justice uh, served here? Kayseri Sport, the rightful winners, uh, is he?
1: Yeah, I mean they've experiencing a mini resurgence under uh, Hikmet Karaman,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're playing some interesting, neat football. Uh, in in this game, I suppose uh, they, they had some they had some good chances, so they are probably on balance deserve to win. I was actually quite surprised at how Konya uh, how little Konyaspor really really showed up front. I, I, I expect them to do yeah. to be much more solid at home in front of Me their too, fans. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. There are very few uh, opportunities for Konyaspor. sport, uh, to the credit mm-hmm. of Kaiser sport, of course, and they were the more yep. dangerous side, I think. So, for me, uh, uh, the rightful winners of this match, and uh, and they're going to be uh, a tough nut to crack going forward, or they're in good form. Let's move on to the main events of Sunday night. Uh, let's start with uh, Basakshi here. Uh, because this is probably the least interesting match of the two. This was initially uh, started already on Saturday. Only five minutes were played. Uh, due to um, snowfall and, and, and bad, visu- bad vision, this match was cancelled after five minutes. Uh, was re- recommenced uh, on Sunday at 7 local time. Parshakshir winning 3 0 over Bursaspor. Um, pretty s- easy win for them. Mosoro scoring in the 17th minute. That was a, an interesting goal to watch. Idin Vistcha doubling the scoreline in the 40th minute after a, a fabulous assist from Arda Turan. And Dembaba uh, putting the cherry on top of the cake in the 90th minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I got word from the Bursa camp. A friend of mine has uh, some connections within Bursaspor. They were very unhappy about the match being postponed. They were adamant that the match could be played on Saturday, and, and according to them, it was really uh, Parşakçı here pressuring the referee into canceling the match, which I found. Quite interesting, but ultimately uh, the, the, the weather conditions didn't seem to be all that much better on Sunday. And, and Bashakshir didn't have any problems with, with Bursa Spor. Um, of course, you could question how mentally prepared were Bursa Spor. I mean, you go into a match and, and and you're ready to play it and then it gets stopped after five minutes. It's, it's Sometimes it's difficult, I think, then to recharge yourself for, for the match the next day and of course uh, Galtzray have huge experience with this their their <laughs> iconic win over Juventus in similar uh, circumstances but at least that one was justifiably um, postponed but what did you guys think of the, the postponement of this match initially and then the result I think not really a surprise though
1: yeah, I think the surprise wasn't much of a result. Bursa sport, unfortunately, have become quite toothless this season. Uh, so anything other than a Bashak shahir win would have been a surprise for me. As for the conditions, I mean, sure it was snowing, but it wasn't. I don't think it was worthy of being postponed or, or cancelled. The match. I think there was a thin layer of snow, but with an orange ball and 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 you know just a little bit of an attempt to clear it from the sides from the touchlines. I think the game could easily have been continued. Definitely
0: seen football played in worse.
1: What do you think, Burak? Uh, same as Aussie, I've seen football played in worse conditions in, in
2: Turkey and in England. Yeah. I think Başakşehir Sheehan, with all the, the money they have, could afford some underpitched
0: pitch heating. Yeah. Right, ex- exactly.
1: I think that's the thing we should really address. Exactly. There was no mm-hmm. preparation, no attempt. To, to make the pitch yeah, playable yeah. beforehand.
0: I mean, Galtzrai right put a put a sale on their pitch uh, because they played the di- right. initially played the night after, of course. Uh, but you could see the difference. I mean, I, I posted a, a, a two pictures. I took almost simultaneously. Of course, the timestamps are going to differ because the projection match started five minutes later. But. I basically switched back and forward between the games and and took uh, print screens. And these stadiums are, I believe, 28 kilometers apart, and and the difference in in, in pitch quality uh, was 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 yeah, mind-boggling almost. I mean, one looked like a, a skating range, and the other one looked fine. I mean, rice pitch looked fine. Uh, Bashakshir's pitch looked like it had f- yeah, frozen even more overnight. I guess you can't really put a sale on it. Once it's already that full of snow, maybe, but I don't know. It felt uh, a lack of professionalism from from Bashakshir, I think. Um, and, and and the result, of course, no big surprise here. Uh, Bashakshir comfortably winning, Bursaspor in deep deep trouble. Uh, they've moved into the relegation zone now because, of course, Ankara Gju moved out with that win. And uh, let, let's move on to the next match. Galtra against Akisar was played simultaneously. Obviously, didn't start five minutes into the match. Uh, and the only goal in this match comes very late in the 90th minute, fifth minute of five-minute stoppage time. It was, well, well, fourth minute. Costas uh, Mitrolo getting the goal here. Well, the first thing I want to talk about uh, with you guys, because this is something that was a big subject uh, among uh, fans from other clubs mainly, uh, were the five minutes warranted? Uh, Uzi, let me start with you. What did you think? Were, were, was it a five minutes uh, extra time type of match?
1: I mean, I'm, firstly, I'm still I'm still celebrating that goal. I'm still reeling. It's like it's happening in right in front of my eyes all day it's been playing He's dancing playing the
0: czech right i'm now. still dancing
1: i'm still doing exactly that if only we had a video over here um well as to the five minutes to be honest with you um at the time i might have i might have even challenged the five minutes i was i mm. think i was pleasantly surprised let's put it that yeah. way that the referee had given us five minutes i don't recall any long periods of injury or any Extended VAR decisions in the second half to warrant five minutes. Yeah, I don't think there were any
0: VAR interjections in this match. And I
1: thought, and I and I thought to myself, uh, you know, with five minutes, that's that's still a lot of football to be played in that time. Mm -hmm. If only, if only some hero, some hero could just rise and score a goal. That's all I was praying for. (laughs) And he got to the ninetieth minute, and I thought, oh god, this is this was a straightforward game, straightforward three points on paper that I had
0: playing against
1: it the rock-bottom team um, in the snow, the whole romance and drama of the snow of Istanbul. And I thought, listen, Jim Bomb love the snowy games. It's a shame that we're going to throw away this great record uh, today. Uh, we had the whole mysterious injury with, with uh, Ndiagne before the match, mm-hmm. which, which is still unresolved, by the way. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: we had 45, 50 crosses in the first 90 minutes. Most of them aimless, weren't going anywhere a lot of possession China. exactly exactly exactly. cross and hope hit and hope football um, a lot just of possession a, a lot of neat plays in midfield just a wink to I my say. friend
0: Nima by the way stole that and
1: it was you know reaching a real point of frustration in the 90th minute and mm-hmm. and focusing now on Costas Mitrogli he he made a few classy passes in the second half but yeah. he did miss a sitter in the first half
0: a real sitter in the,
1: and, in and, the and second
0: I, and half too I think
1: in the second half too yeah yeah And you know, I could just hear, I could just hear the hot lashings of criticism from fans after the final Mm -hmm. whistle. Oh, this guy missed. We've got Diagne, we've got Costas. No, they're both firing blanks. We've signed two duds. You know, he can't even score against the bottom team, blah, blah, blah. And then 94th minute, just like like the mythical Phoenix rising from the ashes he shoots and scores and and a goal of heroic importance i mean amazing it celebration was just amazing too. amazing celebration yeah. all of all the players the subs came on ran down the, the pitch
0: bench yeah. like like they yeah, won the league but it's completely justified yeah. i think because yeah. had they dropped two points here it might have been over for them for the title challenge and now they keep their hopes alive uh Burak, Absolutely. what did you think of of the match and what did you think of those 5 minutes of stoppage time
2: um, I wasn't able to, get, to catch the whole match. Um, the five minutes, I thought, ah, that's, that's a bit generous. That's like, you know, almost like Fergie time. I thought it's Tedim time. You know, it's got it's got a little bit more than he <laughs> should. And then I remember I was watching the end of the game. I remember texting you guys saying, you know, you know, saying, can they put it off? And I'm thinking, oh, I've to score. I think that's a, yeah. the the second time they've scored. In the 90th plus minute this season uh, as well.
0: Yeah, Ryan Donk uh, did that earlier this season. uh, Away against
1: uh, Antales, well, that's right, yeah.
2: Mm. But then I thought, what the hell was the goalkeeper thinking? The Akutar, well, he he came out and he. That point, you either have to. That was was terrible. Or just clatter the player, just do a Tony Schumacher in (laughs) the Cup and just take the player out. Um, But he just got nothing on it. And then, um, you know. Kostas decided to um, to break some plates
0: and then bang <laughs> exactly. The, the, the wherewithal of, of Mitroglou as well has to be pointed out there because, of course, Lukács caught out. But Kostas, uh, Mitroglou already signaling to his team here, here, give me the pass here. And then he drops it in perfectly. It was a really good finish by him. Uh, but obviously, I mean, I think Milan-Lukács there, complete and utter error. I mean, he, he, he doesn't have to be there. Um, he gifts the goal away. But he had, it has to be said, he had made some really good saves prior to that, um, the bars preventing Galtrai, and you know i I, I didn't think Galtrai played a good match at all, but they well. deserved the win because they were just the better team, I think they should have scored twice, three times before this goal, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't happen, it was one of those matches where the ball just wouldn't go in, it wasn't their best match, but they were clearly the better side though.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, you're right, because Lukács had the game finished you nil, know, Lukács would have by far been mad of the match. He played an excellent game of football until the 95th minute. He really mm-hmm. kept the team in it. But then this moment of madness, and he just comes raging out of his goal. But but I just want to focus what you said previously about uh, Mitch technique there, because it wasn't easy at all. He, he was almost no, yeah. faced with his back to the goal, and he had to kind of pivot on the spot mm-hmm. there. He wasn't able to generate too much power because he couldn't carry, you know, follow through with his leg yeah, and there really was also a busy yeah. penalty area as well there's still two Akisar Sport defenders in the box yeah. and he was able to thread it through in a very kind of gentle calm and elegant way yeah, and it I think it is a, there's a lot of beauty around that goal it just it, it, it shouldn't be seen as just a kind of last minute open goal there's a lot of a lot of elegance surrounding no, it. that wasn't and I think it,
0: it, it, yeah Completely agree with you there. Uh, and you know what? I mean, the, the five minutes uh, stoppage time, yes or no, I I, yeah, I think this this wasn't really a five-minute match, but I don't really think that's a, a huge point of contention. I think if yeah. anything, there's the, the, the Mariano thing. Uh, he got a yellow card early on, should have probably gotten a second yellow. That was pretty clear... F- second yellow type of offense uh, and him and Belhanda going into it, Belhanda, live it at uh, Mariano after that I think it was right after that fall or or, or just at halftime, basically cussing him out, calling him all sorts yeah. of names, and, and maybe rightfully so, because he kind of put a bomb under Galtry's match there if, if Mariano gets sent off uh, in the first half then you have 45 plus minutes to play uh, a man down, and and. and at home, it doesn't matter where, home home or away, but you really put uh, your team in a bad position. So I completely understand this reaction there. Um, yeah, and, and that's maybe, again, the, the luck of the big team, that you don't get that second yellow, like I was talking about earlier with Erzurum. And it's kind of why I brought up that point, because mm-hmm. I wanted to go into it here, because for me, this was the same thing, maybe even more clear, because the foul was definitely warranted of a yellow. Um but yeah, the, and
1: look, I, I, and, I, and I'm an honest guy, so I should say mm-hmm. he should actually have been shown a third yellow card after the Costas goal as well, because I don't know if you noticed this, it kind of slipped under the radar, but he just ran into mm-hmm. the crowd, jumping into the fences and jumping oh, with the, and yeah. celebrating with the fans, which usually is a bookable offense, so, True, so he's a lucky mm-hmm. boy, he's a lucky boy.
0: True, but I'm I not a fan of those types of cards. I no, think absolutely that, that not. That pure uh, emotion should not be... Oh, I be, totally agree, but you know, should not unfortunately be those are the rules. Let's uh, move over to Monday. Besiktas versus Fenerbahce. What a match for the neutral. Not so fun for Besiktas fans though. 3-3 at full time. But who would have thought that at halftime. Besiktas 3-0 up at halftime. Gokhan Gunal opening the scoring in the 10th minute refused to celebrate classy act from the former Fenerbahce man. Burak Yilmaz then in the 18th minute from the penalty spot and in the second minute of first half stoppage time uh, scored the third goal making it three. But Miha Zayic pulled one back in the 55th minute and then Sadiq Siftminar scoring uh, t- the second goal in the 62nd minute. And then Hassan Ali Kaldurim just five minutes later again. Screamer from outside the box. 67 minutes. 3-3. That was all she wrote. Um, Fenerbahce making an heroic comeback in the second half. Three goals in the time span of 12 minutes. But what must Besiktas be thinking after that result? Um Gunesh, Ah... I'm gonna throw to you first, Burak, But uh, yeah, I—I I, I, this is—I uh, have some stuff to say here.
2: Well, I was
0: not—I
2: was quietly confident going into the match, just because it's a derby, and form just goes out the window. But still, i was speaking to some far about your friends of mine, and they're saying, "No, bro, come on—they're going to they're gonna beat us. We're—we're we're awful." Buffalo, you know, Derby matches, and then Tolgay gives the ball away in the first 10 seconds of the game. And I just think, great, here we go. Um, but, I mean, the first half, it was just as if, you know, Besiktas should, you know, it just, they were like rabid dogs, you know, bulls running down in, in Pamplona, just completely bulldozing through all, all Fenner. Just, just seemed it's more. It's a great hot. analogy. Yeah, we were just, you know, our players, the ball was bouncing off us. We couldn't keep possession. We just just looked a little bit um, overwhelmed by the amount of press and the high line that Beshtash were defending uh, yeah. with nearly, you know, almost on the the Fenerbahce penalty area. And then, you know, the first goal goes in. Um, I think it was a bit of a contentious free kick um, just because there was shirt-pulling from both Borak and from Sudock
0: going on there. Yeah, and that was a team throughout the match. Those those two were yeah. constantly at each other's throats, uh, pulling each other, br- making himself wide, Sadek coming into his back. It was really a tussle between those two all-match. I think they swapped shirts after the game as well, I know. I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm like, well, well guys, you know... You can... Understandable. I mean, that's yeah, you know. in the spirit of the game, yeah. yeah uh, but what did you... Think of the the penalty. Let's. Uh, tr- I'm gonna throw to you first, Izar, because I know you uh, had something to say about it at, at halftime. What did you think? Was it a penalty or not?
1: No, I don't think it was a penalty. I think it was a very harsh call, to be honest.
0: Okay, what about you, Burak? Yeah. Penalty or not?
2: I I thought it was. I think it's that's that's going to be a, a foul anywhere else on a pitch. Yeah. So it well, might not get the VAR treatment anywhere else on a pitch.
0: No, yeah, obviously it but wouldn't because it's not a red card offence. So,
2: yeah. and seeing it in slow motion, um, it was you know you can see Hassan Ali clearly kick you know unintentionally because he just misses the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he kicks uh, Gokan Gönül's calf, yeah. and he goes down. And if you're you know thinking the letter of the law, you know he, he he's missed the ball, kicked the man's leg, he's gone down, and Gunul is you know quite injury prone anyway just because he's probably played with pain and injections for nearly most of his career
0: yeah
2: he's always going to go down but you know throw to you know when he scored and didn't celebrate um he's he's class you know one of you know our my biggest you know angers aziz room was letting him go when he should have just paid him the money he asked for so um but yeah i think i, I that's a penalty to me i have no um, objections, I don't feel wronged or anything by the referee's decision uh, to go to VAR and double-check it. It was just, you know, Hassan Ali was just too late and that just happens sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah I fully agree. I mean, um, this is a clear fall ever, anywhere else on the pitch, like you said. Uh this is the thing with penalties, though. Uh, fans often have this inclination of, is it enough for a penalty? But that's really the wrong mindset for a referee. That's that, that, that can be the mindset going into a penalty situation. And I think too often before VAR, you had referees who were kind of in the spirit of the match sometimes not giving a penalty. Not because it wasn't a clear penalty error, but because it wasn't deserved. I, I, sometimes I feel like uh, referees play... Uh, the, the judge of a game, or who deserves something, but no, it's it's whether it's a fall or it's not a fall, black and white. Uh, yes, as a referee, you have to have empathy, you have to feel the spirit of the game, but that does not apply when it comes to red cards, does not apply when it comes to, to, to penalties, I think. Um, even yellow cards, okay, I mean, sometimes you have these referees or other incomplete uh, dicks and give yellow cards for everything, like we saw a couple of weeks ago with Fenerbahce, which was absolutely ridiculous, I think, I don't remember who it was again but it was constantly yellow 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 and it's just that that's not the right way but it's not the right way either i think where you go and ignore clear falls for me clear penalty um not the that not the biggest fall obviously but it's a fall in the box penalty uh quite clear there were also var checks on gokan gunnel's goal and on sadik's goal um, for me personally, I, I don't think either goal should have had a VAR check. I don't really know what that was for. I didn't go and check on the Gökhan goal, but he did go and check on the Sadiq goal. And um, I mean, for me, Sadiq just goes up, jumps higher. Yes, he he's kind of in on his on on on. Think I think it was Dorokhan's back or something, but it's football. It's gonna be some physical contact. For me, he wasn't leaning on him. He wasn't. Pushing him, so correct decision there too. I don't know what you guys thought about that uh, var check, and I mean, what 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 was going on in the mind of the, the of Junaid Chakar who was in the, the var room? What do you think, Uzi? Uh
1: Honestly, I I have no idea. I mean, neither of them deserved to go to var. I don't think, and they they both kind of killed the the uh, the spontaneity of the moment there. I think, but uh, I was actually going to ask you on what you thought about Khan uh, kind of plain celebration, his failure to celebrate in the face of Fenerbahce players. How did, how did you interpret that?
0: Respect. I think that's the right thing to do. You played nine years for that club. Um, if you would celebrate like over the top, I think that's that's just shows lack of class. Um, True, over wanna...
1: the top would have been too much. But I mean, some celebration, some passion. I think there'd be a lot mm-hmm. of Besiktas fans who, who would have been slightly annoyed by that. Lack of a reaction.
0: I don't. I don't know. I think it's in spirit of the club. I mean, Beşiktaş. The club prides itself in, in, in carrying honor and such. But fans not always doing the same. But for me, that was in spirit of the club. I think that was. I, I tweeted immediately. Adamson, Gökhan Respect. For me, that was the ultimate sign of respect and and, and worthy of a player of his stature. Uh, if he would have celebrated, I wouldn't have blamed him. But. I, I think, yeah, for me, this is... Sometimes, you know, like when ex-players score against their former clubs, they, they don't celebrate. And it's it feels like a little bit of theatrics and trying to get some attention. But here, I think it was completely genuine. Um, and, and, and yeah, for me, I, I I respect him more after that. What about you, Burak?
2: Um, I, I agree. I think it just shows you the type of like human being good come good, good it is um so someone like a john Adder, i'd expect him to go wild and celebrate. oh yeah like, same goes for tall guy you know when yeah. um what was it calling chasm richards when he scored against ferrari when he was playing for guards had a nice big celebration i think it just says more to the character of of, of the individual and like i say he he was a, a great servant for a club and i hated the way that he he departed just because and you know, people were making it out that he was after more money, more money, um, yeah. but he was arguably our, our best player and one of the captains of the team. So, I was, you know, I was angry when you know he, he moved because I thought it was our board that had messed up. And you know, they, you know, the same. If you think of other players who have moved to clubs and you know they they score and they they downplay it a little bit. Um, it just shows like he also shows that he still has fondness for his time that he played at Fenerbahce as well. So um <clears throat> I hope he doesn't get too much of a backlash from, from Besiktas fans. I don't think he will. Um, I mean,
0: especially at Besiktas had won, I think he would definitely not have gotten any backlash, but <laughs> given the implosion in the second half. Um So another important thing, of course, uh, Fikret Oman and, and Ali Koç, meeting before the match, um, basically sending out a little bit of a, of a message of this war between us is over. Of course, over the last couple of years, we had seen some 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 difficult times between the two clubs. Uh, I think that was the right sign to go into this match. Um, and obviously, ultimately, in, in spirit of that, uh, this was definitely the right result. But um, it's such a match of two faces, really. Bistesh I wouldn't call them... I didn't I didn't really see this rapid dog thing that you guys did. Although I even tweeted at halftime for me. Besiktas, not impressive in the first half. It was all too easy, I think. And that might have ultimately led to the implosion in the second half. I think it never really became a real match for Besiktas. Everything just came so easy in the first half. 3-0 up at halftime without really any serious effort. Um, and I think that... Cost them the sharpness because you that was the the lack in the second half and and Nabil Dirar all credit to him so good over that right wing there, but Besiktas just lacked that sharpness in, in the in the duels in the second half. Just that's that's putting their head in front of everything kind of type of mentality. Uh, we have a three-goal cushion, it doesn't matter. Oh, they pulled one back, doesn't matter. We still have a two-goal cushion. Oh, well, they pulled another one back. Ooh, now things are going to get hot. And that, that, that quick uh, equalizer. For me, an ultimate failure from the coaching uh, staff from Besiktas, uh, Sino Ganesh, I, I don't know what he said at halftime, but... It clearly wasn't good. Obviously the team is responsible, but so is the coaching staff and the fans. Uh, heading into that second half, the the the, 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 the crowd was flat. Uh, you're you're treino up against your arch nemesis. Uh, you should be s- steaming the you know pushing the team forward and and making a huge atmosphere, but they weren't doing that. Um, for me, from the Bishkek side of things, a complete and utter failure in that second half uh, from all aspects. But for Fenerbahce, the, obvious is, uh, the, the opposite is obviously true. Ersun uh, making two subs at half time, putting on Valbuena and uh, Andre Ayu. Ayu didn't really end up playing big of, uh, anything uh, significant of a role in the match, but uh, Valbuena getting the assist on the 2-3 uh, was instrumental in those attacks on the right side, creating space for Dirard to overlap. Um, that definitely was a good uh, substitution. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think a deserved result for Fenerbahce, given their second-half performance. And you know what? I think it could have been 3-4. Uh, it also could have been 4-3, and and Burak hitting the bar, that should have probably gone in. And he also was denied by Volkan just before that. Uh, but Fenerbahce also had some chances. Uh, a really big one right at the end as well, where Karius made a good save. Um, this kind of a crazy match. Um, and, and yeah, I think for Fenerbahce, this is a draw that will feel as a win. And for Besiktas, this is a completely deflating uh, result. Uh, for me, I think this is the end of their title aspirations, if they still really had those. Um, and, and basically, end of the season. No more European football, no cup football. Only thing left to play for is possibly that Champions League ticket, uh, which are in contention for with Galatasaray, of course. But... I think they're kind of in a decent position for third place. There are a couple of points ahead there, of course, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit of a, um, yeah, a reaction in the coming weeks from Beshtich in a negative sense where they drop down the table further. Uh, Uzi, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility, especially given that they've got nothing else to play for, like you say. Uh, I couldn't certainly foresee a dip in, in Besiktas' form. Um, but but not to take any credit from from Fenerbahce, who in the second half were just uh, I mean astonishing. Really, they they really yeah. surprised everyone and probably even a lot of their own fans. Um, Definitely, yeah. because it took a lot of character and a lot of uh, mental strength to come back from three nil down. And and like you said, at the end they could have even won the game, which would have been mm-hmm. something uh, something else. You know, if they'd been able to make it four three.
0: Um, then, then it would have been one for the history books. I think it oh, already absolutely. kind of is, but that A- would have,
1: already, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's knocking on the door of the history books for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Barack, your sentiments?
2: <laughs> well, I I don't know what Arsenaliano said to players at half time. What was in their halftime Oranges? What kind of guzzles they had, or whatever happened? But they just came out of the trap second half, and I was like, on oh, my dates, what's what is happening with this team? Uh, we got. Obviously, Ayu came on, and we had Valbuena came on. Valbuena straight away with his trickery, this little French magician who's just delightful yeah. on the ball. Um, I know we're not playing him because we're afraid that if he reaches a number of appearances, his contract is extended automatically, and he's on quite a
0: high salary. Yeah. But, you know, he had the
1: he should be extended immediately. He's he's one of the best players in the league by far. Yeah, but he's and not worth a
0: million a year for for them. I'm oh afraid.
1: well, he's he's not he's not given the chance to play. But anyway, but I, I cut you off there. Um, I'm a big Valbuena fan.
0: Yep. Yeah, me, me too. I mean, I mean, he hasn't played enough matches in the last couple of years. I mean, he's always been their best player. Uh, not always. I mean, but he's one of those players that can make something happen out of of, of a split second. So players like that, you always need. A couple of those. I mean, Shinji Kagawa in the first half for Bechtic, I think he was brilliant. Uh, One of the few players that really stood out in a positive way for me in that first half, but you could see in the second half that, together with the team as well, but he physically was struggling, I think, but he was brilliant in the first half, and and then we saw that in the second half with Valbuena. Uh, Nabil Dirar for me, man of the match, though. Do you
2: agree? Kago, I, I, I must say, you know, his first half, he, he, in that they say that players can turn on six months, he, he could, that man could probably turn on a grain of rice. Um, he was so smooth, <laughs> he played and an effortless, and he just made made the game look so easy. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think when we started to man mark him a little bit with a little bit more physical presence, um, it helped. And the fact that he, he tied out as well in, in, in the second half, um, I don't know how it would have happened if Leitch wouldn't have been suspended, you know, would Kakawa
0: have started? And- no, I don't think so, I don't believe, so I just Shino Ganesh is, for me, I mean, he was, of course, brilliant in his first year, he was uh, good in his second year, but these last two, two seasons, have just, just been burning the, the, the candle at both ends, and it's time for him to go, I think, after, for me... This result is enough. This this should be the end for him. And I've been saying this for a couple of months, by the way. I, this is not something I'm just saying because of this, but f- the story of Shinel Gunic that Bistach is done is finished. It's time to move on. He needs to go to the national team uh, or whatever. Uh, personally, I be, I would I think a guy like Aikut Kujaman would be better for the national team even because I think that Shinel Gunic is starting to get at that point in his career, 65. I don't know. I think he's a little bit out of touch. Um and, and yeah, for him, the story is over at Bistesh. And, and, and this, again, sh- showed that. But there's been so many instances this season. And I think this kind of also epitomized the season for Bistesh. That's 3-0 up. And then suddenly, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, obviously a disappointing result uh, for, for Bistesh. But not just that. I think on, on a much deeper level, there's so much wrong in the club. I mean, this team has plenty of good players. But they're not getting it out of it. There's a mental issue that's been there since the beginning of the season already. Um, and also the reluctance of Sean Gunez. He plays clear favorites with certain players. Uh, he 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 has this tendency to destroy other players' his confidence. He's done it with numerous players already, uh, new players. Jermaine Lens, for example, if you compare him at this time with Fenerbahce and then you watch last season, and even this season. I mean, this season, he's finally starting to get some chances now, but... I mean if he would have gotten consistent playing time from the beginning and, and gotten the feeling that the manager was one hundred percent behind him, I think we could have really enjoyed him. Now he's almost now he's thirty two years old, I believe. Uh and and basically kinda wasted two years of his prime just because Channel didn't really know yeah, I don't know if I'm liking him. Uh, maybe I like Babel more. I like Kurejma more. Uh, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, that's the that's end of my rent, though, But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with him. Exactly. Another interesting note, though, guys. Exactly a year ago. Exactly a year ago, Besiktas won three to one at Fotofon Park against Fenerbahce. And I want to point this out because three times in the last four years, Besiktas and Fenerbahce have faced each other on match day six and twenty-three. I mean. Come on, dun, guys. Dun, dun. <laughs> the calendar commission, obviously, this is not a random draw. It's it's selected, but ah, come on. A little bit of. Change it up a little, guys. Come on. Next season, I don't want to see Fenerbahcevic on match day six anymore. Um, but anyway, I've, I've, I've been talking so much. Sorry for that. Uh, Burak, do you have anything else more to add? Obviously, for you, big moment, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought Miha Zaitz grew into the game quite well. He was absent for the first half an hour. Then he started to get his foot on the ball towards the end of the first half, put some mm-hmm. good passes. He's got a good delivery on him, so that would be good. A bit a yeah. I bet Slama is probably thinking, where was this guy? Um, some
0: pieces were really good, I thought, and dangerous. But he also had that position in the... And I don't want to turn this into, well, he should have had a red, but also another second yellow situation where he clearly could have gotten that card in the right at the death of the first half where he makes a pretty nasty foul on, on Miran lucky uh,
2: boy lucky boy
0: yeah <laughs> but i mean no excuses bishitish have absolutely yeah. no excuses here um i mean if anything if there, this was before the var era i don't think bishitish would have even gotten that penalty so yeah
2: and Farabachi, we so far this season we've only scored five goals away from home,
0: mm-hmm. and now three in one. That's well, uh, another feather on Besiktas's cap.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and we just need to talk about you know Hassan Ali Kalderim's absolute thunderbolt.
0: Yeah, um, the guy doesn't score any. Uh, doesn't score a, a regular goal, does he? Doesn't
2: do tap-ins. Um, and you know he's he's been affectionately renamed um, by by me. He's um, he's not Hassan Ali Kalderim. He's Hasiniel. Alizano Um <laughs> He's the best left back in the world. and I'm I'm delighted that he's... Um, I'm applying for a job to be the masseuse of his left thigh at the moment <laughs> to keep it fit for the rest of the season. And I thought, when that goal went, I, I, I lost my, my cool.
0: Yeah.
2: As you can imagine, you know, we've been decimated in the first half we've come out and score twice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the board is passed out to Hassan Ali. And i think it go on, son, have a go. Have a shot, you know, think big. Um, and, you know, he aimed for the moon and he reached the stars. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, two great goals for for Fenerbahce today and on Thursday, of course. Uh, not maybe his career best, because Hassan has got a couple of really good ones, but it's probably going to be contending for that number one spot, especially given the circumstances.
2: And, like you say, it did, it did feel like a win, just because of the yeah. the way our season's gone so far. And we, we come back from a 3-0 deficit to get to three three almost win it and of course Beshitosh almost won it as well and then we head into our next game at home to Rizet, who are in a great run of form but you know this hopefully has has galvanized the team and I just want to say credit to the traveling fans as well um, I think there was around about two thousand who were just you know in great voice for the whole game so you know, the support on the road has been great, but for tonight, in it, especially...
0: Throughout the season, Fenerbahce, the home support has been fantastic. Uh, they, the, the fans have really re-embraced the team, despite the fact that their results have been so poor. But, uh, you know, I mean, for years, they were already kind of trying to push Aziz Yildirim out. And, and now with Ali Koc, there's finally that um, re-embracement of their, their club. And, and their support has been fantastic, I think. Um, But we're going a little bit long guys, so uh, any objections if I move over to the standings? No, no, go for it. None for me
2: because we are not in the final three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to those standings. Uh, Medipol Bashakchi here, still obviously the leaders uh, after 23 match days with 51 points. Kalturai in second place now with 45 points, six points behind the leaders. Then there's a five point drop off to Besiktas with 40 points, who are in third place. And they're four points ahead of Trabzonspor, who are in fourth place. Besiktas still go to Trabzon, by the way, so that's quite interesting. Then we have in fifth place uh, Malatya with 35 points Konya Spore also have 34 points of course they lost and so did Malatya Spore Antalya Spor moving in sneaking into that top 7 32 points now after their win uh, this weekend and then 34 31 points uh, Siva Spore are in 8th place we have Alanya Spore sneaking into the top 10 31 points now and uh, that's the same amount of points as Kayseri Spore have after Darwin, also 31 points. Then a two point drop off to 11th place, Kasem Pasha, with their sixth loss. They have lost everything in the second half of the season, so they're logically stuck on their 29 point tally from the first half of the season. Uh, and they're going to have to watch out because relegation is coming for them, the relegation battle. Uh, Chaiko Spore continue their impressive climb. Uh, in the second half of the season, they now have 28 points and are in 12th position. But their momentum is surely positive, so they'll be out of that danger zone uh, real soon, I think. Mekë Ankaragücü are then in on 27 points with you know, in 13th place, and Fenerbahçe in 14th place now with 25 points, the same amount as 16th. 15th uh, place Gustepe, sorry. And then um, we have, uh, obviously, Bursa Spore who lost uh, this weekend against here on 24 points. They're the first team in that bottom three at 16th. Erzurum Spore didn't get a result. 21 points. They logically remain... Uh, 1-2 last. And then Akisar Spor, with their late defeat, uh, they remain bottom, but they would have remained bottom regardless if they would have gotten that point or not. So that's the standings for week 23 of the 2018-2019 Super League season. No major surprises, perhaps, unless you call the derby result a surprise, of course. Uh, Guys, I want to thank you very much for being part of the show once again. Um, Let's... Briefly talk about reactions. Did you guys get any positive reactions on the, on the pilot episode?
1: Oh yeah, indeed, indeed, we got a lot of positive feedback. Um, not a Good amount of downloads, which hopefully will increase as the episodes go on. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a, a great fun adventure so far. And long may it continue.
2: Uh, same here. Um, uh, friends uh, family I've recommended to have uh, enjoyed it greatly. It's been keeping them. A company on their commute to and from work, um, and also have uh, sent it around to a few friends who um hopefully will be um, having conversations with as well later on. So it's so all been good. And again, guys and girls listening, um if you have any feedback you know for us, please uh, tweet us. I'm sure um Khan will plug our Twitter handle shortly, but we'd love to hear from you and any um, feedback you have on what you'd like to to hear next um, on the show. So,
1: and thank you for listening. Yeah.
0: I've got yeah, guys, thank you very much, guys and girls, of course. I don't want to be sexist here. Uh, thank you very much for downloading. Thank you very much for listening and subscribing. Please drop us a five-star iTunes review or wherever you drop your review. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can indeed follow our brand-new Twitter account at FUTIALATURKA, FUTI with a uh, i and a an e not with a y um, and you can of course follow our hosts of the podcast those uh, handles will be in the show notes where you can find them for your at your own leisure i'll also add uh the the football ala twitter account uh there as well um i think that's gonna do it for us for this week of the food fut- for our football ala episode everyone thank you for listening and uh, have, a, have a good night